0: You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart.
1: Hey, get your popcorn ready.
0: NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn,
2: your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to project how Louisville quarterback Lamar Jackson fits into the draft analysis and get you ready for the upcoming Scouting Combine with Eric Galko from the Sporting News.
1: And Brian, we're going to kick off the podcast today with Russell Baxter from NFL Spin Zone.
2: Russ, thanks for taking the time. Let's start in Philadelphia. What do you think the future in this offseason holds for Nick Foles? Does he go back to being number two on the depth chart in Philadelphia? Or is he an asset? Maybe the Eagles can shop him around and potentially get a first-round pick for him if they deal him.
3: Well, I think he's an asset to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, let's not forget that Carson Wentz went down in December, not September. So, you know, ordinarily when you see somebody out for the year um, early in, you know, like Teddy Bridgewater a couple years ago who got hurt in August, still took them a lot of time to get back. Um, I I think the Eagles want to be doubly sure unless they get, you know, that basic Luca Brasi offer that you can't refuse. Um, But, you know, that's still going to take a lot of doing. I mean, would it be a shock to even see Nick Foles start the opener? Um, in September, which obviously the Eagles are going to host the Thursday night game because they're defending Super Bowl champions. I don't think they want to take any chance with the future of their franchise, so they would have to get something awfully enticing, I think, to part ways with Nick Foles.
1: Russell, when you look at how quarterbacks have evolved over the years, whether it's been because they've come out in the draft They come out early and they have a chance to make a big splash like a Carson Wentz and even a Jared Goff after the change and with the Rams. But going all the way back to Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, even Tony Romo, uh, you think of these quarterbacks that were backups that all of a sudden became stars in the game. Do you see, because it's hard to predict that, but when you see the things that Nick Foles did have the opportunity to do in those three games in the postseason, do you think that warrants him an opportunity to be a starter somewhere in the National Football League?
3: Oh, I think it definitely warrants the opportunity. Whether the Eagles want want that to happen, I think is two totally different things. But uh, and listen, perfect example of what you're talking about, Cordell, is Aaron Rodgers, who sat on the bench for three right. years and then became a starter. I, I'm of the mindset uh, of the adage that used to be out there for a long time that it takes five years to develop a starting quarterback. I think that's certainly still true, um, but free agency has rushed the process but i think if you get a chance to sit and learn it can only benefit you i mean I'll, cordell I'll use you as an example uh you came in the league in 1995 you became the starting quarterback in 1997 you played those other positions along the way but you know you certainly got your reps and so on i think that probably made you a better player yep. getting you know who wants to take the test without studying for it beforehand mm-hmm.
2: Russ, what do you make of the reports today from New York City that the Jets, quote-unquote, are going to do whatever it takes in their pursuit of Kirk Cousins?
3: Well, I would certainly believe them, given their quarterback situation for an awfully long time. Um, You know, listen, they haven't been in the playoffs since 2010. That was Mark Sanchez's uh, second year. Um, Mark Sanchez... The quarterback for the team, who's still a defensive-oriented team under uh, Rex Ryan, uh, you know, first two years in the league, uh, they reached the AFC title game with him. He was more of a factor the second year uh, than he w- was a first year. But, you know, you know, Geno Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCann actually played well for them. Um, you know, it, it, it do- doesn't seem like there's much of a future for Bryce Petty. It seems like, you know, even after – a short time Christian Hackenberg doesn't appear to be in their future plans as well. They need to get that solidified. And, you know, this is a franchise that has stressed defense for an awful long time. It might surprise some people to know Brian and Cordell that the last time the New York Jets used a first round draft pick on the offensive side of the ball was Mark Sanchez in 2009.
1: Yeah. So Kirk Cousins, that makes you want to wonder if that really will actually happen, but when it comes to actually happening in the National Football League, Lamar Jackson, um, I think he's out of Louisville. How many times have we have seen him be up for the Heisman Trophy because of the numbers that he put up? We know he's a great talent running the football. We know he can throw the football. But when you hear Bill Polian come out and basically say he needs to go into the National Football League right now and play right receiver after knowing even my story, um you know, that he should be given an opportunity to be a quarterback if that's what he chooses to do and not be docked because look at the quarterbacks that are playing the game today that are mobile.
3: I totally agree with you. And and let me, let me say first is I respect Bill Polian's right to have an opinion. Whether you agree with him or not are two totally different things, but I think obviously um, he's a pro football Hall of Famer. And like any of us, we're all entitled to opinions. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but... I understand where he's coming from. I don't necessarily agree with it. I, I, I think it's a, a rash decision. I've heard people say, uh, you know, maybe he, you know, maybe he compares all these prospects to Peyton Manning, and that's all well and good, but not everybody's Peyton Manning either. So um, I get where he's coming from. Like I said, I don't necessarily agree with it. I understand, uh, you know, the thought process uh, in that and so on. But uh, I agree with you. He, he should get the opportunity to show what he can do and play the position that he wants to play. He shouldn't be pigeonholed into anything whatsoever. I mean, you know, if you wind up making a career uh, in a different way and it doesn't turn out to be quarterback, that's all well and good. But I think the young man certainly deserves the right to – to show what he can do in the position that he obviously wants to play.
2: Chatting with Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, how much are you buying the Gronk retirement talk? Could all of this be an attempt for Gronk and his team to try to get more money out of the Patriots?
3: When I see him come up off the top turnbuckle and uh, elbow the rock, um, then I'll believe that he's WWE bound. I don't know if this is so much about money. I think this is more... Um, maybe a little bit of the thought process of, you know, we see a lot of young players now. And and, and Gronk's not, you know, he's been in the league eight years already. He's also uh, certainly had his share of injuries, which, you know, more than just that concussion he suffered uh, in the Jacksonville game and so on. But, you know, he missed the one year they went to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, he, he was hurt in the one Super Bowl they appeared in as well. So, I mean, I think you get to this stage of, you know, the wear and tear between college and pro football. You start thinking about your future. I don't know if this is necessarily about money. And if it is about money, I don't know if it's the kind of game of chicken you want to play with the New England Patriots.
1: Uh, Russell, give me your take on the Minnesota Vikings and their quarterback situation. Uh, There's conversation that they're not sure if they're going to give Case Keenum, the, the franchise tag, to even Teddy Bridgewater or even Sam Bradford. Conversations about him actually being uh, a potential QB in Denver. Give me your take on who could be the quarterback uh, there for that organization, because it seemed like it's wide open.
3: It does seem like it's wide open, but I, I, I've always kind of got the sense that it was it's Teddy Bridgewater's team, okay? And who knows what they would have done if he would been able to stay healthy, obviously, that devastating, I mean, you know, almost a career-ending knee injury in Teddy's case. Um, but, you know, he's back. Uh, he's healthy. Um, I don't know if you can necessarily count on Sam Bradford to stay healthy. That's been a big problem throughout his career. And, you know, Sam's now all of a sudden, you know, same year as Grunk, 2010 draft. You know, he's been in the league eight years. I think Case Keenum did himself – a world of good, uh, but I, you know, I think he could go other places. There's certainly places like Denver and Arizona. And to me, to me, the Cardinals are the really intriguing team um, because they're in an, and think about the NFC West quarterbacks, guys, you've got Jared Goff, who had a big second year. You had um, Russell Wilson, who's had six really good years for the most part. And, you know, we just saw Jimmy Garoppolo get the big contract, and he's the future for the Niners. I mean, the the NFC West is pretty set at quarterback. And then you look at the Cardinals. Carson Palmer's retired. Blaine Gabbert, Drew Stanton, unrestricted free agents. They're kind of, for lack of a better word, lagging behind. I Mm -hmm. would be surprised to see Case Keenum wind up somewhere like the Arizona Cardinals. But if I had to pick right now, I get the sense it's,
0: it's still Teddy Bridgewater's team.
2: Russ, great information as always. Thanks for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn.
0: You got it, guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And we'll be right back with more after this. The boys of summer are back. And a fly ball well hit. back to the wall. He leaps. Can't get it. It's a home run. MLB Spring Training is here, and you can catch every game from Florida and Arizona live with your subscription to TuneIn Premium. Rivalry games, split squad games, TuneIn has it all. When the pitch count begins for real, catch every game of the 2018 MLB season, from opening day to the MLB World Series, live on tune in it's it's major league baseball is on TuneIn premium listen all season long welcome back to nfl no huddle the podcast here are your hosts brian weber and cordell stewart
2: Next on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's focus on the NFL draft with Eric Galco from Optimum Scouting and the Sporting News. Eric, thanks for taking the time. We spend so much time dissecting these prospects. Let's try to do the impossible in Sports Talk Radio, be positive. So if I say Sam Darnold, the negative that comes to mind, all the turnovers, what do you like the most about the USC quarterback?
4: Yeah, I think he's he's flashed so much over the last two years. That Penn State game in the Rose Bowl two years ago, Still, rings strong with NFL evaluators because he showed that game. He has the arm talent, the guts, the instincts to play at the NFL level at quarterback. And I think with Sam Darnold, the big picture is that at his best, he looks like a, a really special Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz-like talent at quarterback. It's just not all there yet. And I think the biggest question mark that teams had was, you know, should he declare for the draft this year? He opted to, and I think teams recognize that. Hey, if you look at him as a 2019 draft class quarterback, he looks pretty special. So I think all the tools are really there for Sam Darnold, mentally, character wise, off talent. He's got some mechanical things to fix and figure out, turnover stuff, but I think overall he's gonna be a really good quarterback one day.
1: When do you see the National Football League finally getting to the point where when it comes down to seeing a, a, a very athletic quarterback coming out of college, and, and he has some capabilities of throwing a football, we know Lamar Miller can throw the football. Now is he as allegedly accurate as did Josh Allen, Rosen's, and the Sam Darnold's, and even the Baker Mayfield's of the world, I mean, both Heisman Trophy winners, how do you gauge the talent of the player as opposed to the traditional ways of covering it, similar to how Bill Poling said, he just automatically needs to go to the wide receiver position?
4: Yeah, um, you know, two things there. One, he's more accurate than Josh Allen of Wyoming. Um, Josh Allen was, uh, was historically um, not that accurate in terms of the last 10 years of quarterbacks. Uh, who has played three years? I think he averaged about 57% completion percentage. And historically, mm-hmm. guys that are under about 58 are are worrisome. And I think Lamar is more accurate than him. And I think, you know, the Lamar receiver talk is very puzzling to me. I, I, people I speak with in the league, and,
2: you know, certainly I don't know
4: every, every GM or every decision maker, but most people I talk to in the league feel he's either going to be a good quarterback or a bad quarterback, which reassures me a bit about his projection. But, you know, the question for Lamar Jackson is first off, quarterbacks leaving Bobby Petrino's offense in the NFL haven't always been successful and there's a bit of an offensive transition. Um, I think he grew a lot this junior year in terms of eye manipulation, navigating in the pocket, finishing downfield. He's great there. Um, I think some of the concerns for Lamar though accuracy-wise are when he doesn't know where he's going initially and when he has to break the pocket. If he's not comfortable in knowing exactly what's next, he tends to get a little flat-footed, passes sail on delayed drag routes or outside routes sometimes and I think vertical downfield placement is one of his concerns there, too, and he's still getting a feel for that. But I think for Lamar, the pros are, one, he got so much better this year. That North Carolina game it was the first, second game of the year, was one of the more impressive passing performances of any quarterback this year in college football, passing. I think he's special in that way, and then athletically there's no questioning that he's you know, the most similar to Michael Vick coming out of college in many years. So I think for most people in the NFL I speak with, he's either a good quarterback prospect or a bad quarterback prospect. I think – Of all the quarterback talents this year, he has the most to gain from the NFL combine because, you know, the NFL combine for NFL teams is about, hey, do I want to draft this quarterback and trust him with my career? Teams and head coaches don't often get to take two quarterbacks in the first couple rounds. I think if Lamar can impress some teams interview wise and show that he is more than capable of handling the NFL offense, which I think he will show that, I think there's a real chance he's a first round quarterback and not a third round receiver.
2: Eric, to follow up on Lamar Jackson, what do you make of what Bill Polian has been saying consistently, that Jackson should focus on playing receiver in the NFL?
4: You know, I will say he's not alone in that. Um, across the NFL, I know people who are in the league who feel that, hey, maybe he's best at receiver. Um, you know, I do think, to, to, to give Polian some credit, he did point out about Terrell Pryor, who's very different than Lamar Jackson, but Pryor is a quarterback who, if he had become a receiver early on in his career, maybe he's, you know, a, a pro Bowl, All pro-type player, but... Um, you know, I, I and the quarterback evaluators around the league, outside the league who I trust who also think, hey, he's, he's not gonna develop there. So I always kind of take people like Bill Polian and, and people I respect and listen closely to what they're saying. But based on my self study and talking with people around the NFL and, and getting a feel for what Lamar's doing at college and what teams are gonna ask him to do, I think that NFL offenses and we've seen this with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, have gotten so good at building an offense for a quarterback. And in the past it was Here's our offense. We'll find a quarterback who fits, and he better figure it out, or he's out of there. And I think today's NFL, especially Sean McVay and Jared Goff, he tailored what that quarterback did well and made him successful. And I've got to imagine there are more than a handful of offensive coordinators who would love to get an elite talent like Lamar Jackson playing that quarterback and at least see what he's got. And I think that's why Lamar Jackson will be the top two round pick at quarterback and have a shot for a great career. And after that point, it's up to him to be successful.
1: When you look at a player like a Saquon Barkley, uh, he comes in and he's a versatile back, similar to the backs that are in the game today, uh, being able to catch the football like what we see in Freeman and Coleman out of Atlanta. Uh, But he does, I think, something really well, which is be able to return some kicks. I think that actually adds some value to what he can do, considering how good he does run uh, between the tackles. But when you look at the Giants... And, and and knowing that you have Eli Manning and their their inability to be consistent running the football, which is what he needs at this point in time in his career, do you see someone like a Saquon Bolden, Saquon Barkley, excuse me, that can fall into that second spot uh, to helping out Eli Manning and with the Giants?
4: Yeah, I think Eli would love some offensive line help too. Um, and I guess Saquon would too if he's there in New York. I think that's a great fit, and I think Saquon Barkley is is a top running back prospect for a lot of reasons. And we've seen guys Todd Gurley. 10th overall, Ezekiel Elliott, 4th overall, Leonard Fournette a year ago, 4th overall. I think those three running backs are more physically gifted than Saquon Barkley. They're more athletic freaks who can power through you or run outside you or can make leaping plays, and and Barkley certainly can leap. He did that a lot this year, I think five times against Iowa alone. But what makes Barkley different than those guys is he's not quite the power guy those guys are. I think he could be a little more LaShawn McCoy-esque in the NFL, a guy who's elusive laterally and can make up for good, not great blocking. Uh, at the NFL level, but really Barkley is, uh, adds a few things you mentioned NFL teams. I know the Giants and a lot of teams, the Browns themselves, would love is, is Barkley, first off, tremendous pass catcher out of the backfield. He's a guy who runs wheel routes, runs out routes very successfully, very competently, and understands positioning and leverage and navigating through man and end zone coverages as a running back out of the backfield. He's pretty rare in that sense. He developed a lot as a pass blocker this year, which has grown in such importance across the NFL, as you guys know, and and finally, I think his character. He's a guy who helped rebuild the culture at Penn State um, after what happened, you know, before he got there. And, and that kind of character is something I talk to teams about a lot. And that means a lot to teams in, in building a guy and taking a guy high in the draft. is, You know, a top overall pick or a top 10 pick is a guy who wants to be a franchise-changing talent. And franchise-changing, like something more than just on the field. And I think Saquon Barkley checks that box for teams. So, Whether it's the Giants at two, the Colts at three, the Browns at four, paired up with a quarterback at one, I think all those teams make a lot of sense for Saquon Barkley because he can add so much value in so many ways to their offenses that no matter what kind of offensive line you have or quarterback situation, Barkley's a fit for pretty much every team in the top ten.
2: Chatting with Eric Galco from Optimum Scouting and the Sporting News. Let's head back to the quarterback analysis. I'm based in Southern California, so I saw a ton of Josh Rosen at UCLA. Big arm, pro style offense with the Bruins, but he's got a very strong personality. How much do you yeah. think what he has said in the past and questions about his maturity are going to impact where he could land?
4: Yeah, I think the, the, the question was, I've had plenty of discussions, as you guys can imagine, with people about Josh Rosen. And, you know, the consensus is that his opinions on college athletes being paid, on playing in bowl games, no one disagrees that they're probably right. You know, Josh Rosen is not a dumb kid. He, he's right in what he's saying. But the real concern teams have is, okay, let's push this to the NFL. Let's say he has a good game and his receivers drop a couple passes. And he says that in a press conference. And he says, yeah, you know, what, my receivers could you know, catch the ball a little better. You know, I'd have success. And I'm sure Josh said he wouldn't do that, and people would say he wouldn't do that. But teams extrapolate what he's done in college to wonder what happens when he's a professional. And that's how you can lose a locker room. That's how a quarterback who has a lot of talent cannot reach his potential by, you know, not being a part of a locker room and a part of a team. And that's, that's a concern with Josh Rosen. And those questions may be answered at the, at the combine. And, you know, the combine is so important because that's the time when all the decision makers of these teams are all together with that player. Talking about what really matters to their culture and their organization. And, you know, at the end of the day, the NFL draft is a job interview in a lot of ways, and these guys are interviewing for a job. And if Josh Rosen can nail that interview and this team can feel that he's going to be a guy who fits their locker room, who fits what they want to build towards, whether that's the Giants at two, the Browns at one, or a team like the Buffalo Bills who may trade up for Josh Rosen, that's what they want to find out at the combine. So, so Josh Rosen has these question marks, and I think deservingly so, teams want to make sure they don't draft a guy who's going to be a negative you know, off the field or in the locker room more than he's a positive on the field. But I think for Rosen, he has a great chance to prove all those doubts wrong. And I think he will at the combine in the interview process. And I think we'll see a lot of suitors, whether it's the Giants at two or teams looking to move up for Josh Rosen. I think he'll he'll knock out of the park in the interviews. and, And that's the most important for Josh Rosen now.
1: We've only had the opportunity coming out of Alabama, to, as far as a receiver is concerned, to see Julio Jones develop into being something special. Remember his last year, he had a tremendous amount of drops. He comes into the National Football League. He just takes over the league and take it by storm because of how explosive he is. But when you look at the kid, Calvin Ridley, give me your take on what he'll be able to do in the National Football League, considering that he's kind of like one of those scat bag type receivers that's really quick good hands really fast but can make some plays down the field
4: yeah he's, he's exactly what NFL teams want nowadays they want a guy who can be physical on a, as a short area route runner and work after the catch which Ridley did really well over his career and they want a guy who can take the top off a of defense and if you can find a guy who can do both of those that allows you to be you know more unique in your without changing your personnel too much and I think that's what Calvin Ridley really provides to an NFL offense and, he's physically gifted. He's an older player. He's played in college longer. I think he's going to be about a 24-year-old rookie, which for some teams that matters, but for others it means he's ready to go right now. And I think the fact that Ridley is such a complete receiver in terms of finishing catches, in terms of working downfield, attacking different leverages in zone defenses, and and finishing against man coverage on the perimeter, all those skills are immediately translated to the NFL game today. And I think his ability to work in multiple route areas is going to mean that every team in the top 16, 17 picks makes sense. And you know, speaking of Alabama, Ravens' GM Ozzie Newsom has shown that he loves Alabama players in the last couple of years in the draft, and the Ravens need a receiver. I think it'd be surprising if Calvin really lasted to the Ravens' pick or much farther past it. So I think he'll have plenty of suitors in the top 16, 17 picks, and the Ravens make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, and I think he'd be a great fit with Joe Flacco.
2: Eric, we appreciate the insights. Thanks so much for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn.
0: Thanks guys, talk soon. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Tune in, has what you need and when you want it, when on the run and on the go. Covering all musical needs. Today's hits. Latin right. hits. Really Beyonce. Country roads. Like road, Hip hop beat. Holla, sit down. Holla, low, holla, low. Be mode, sit down. Holla, holla, holla. Supporting artists and the music they make, exclusively on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, it's time to focus on Louisville quarterback Lamar Jackson and why Hall of Famer Bill Polian does not see him as an NFL quarterback. Bringing a conversation that occurred on ESPN Radio, the Hall of Famer Bill Polian, a guest of Golik and Wingo with Adnan Virk sitting in. Lamar Jackson, speaking of size, quarterback or wide receiver on the next level? I think wide receiver, exceptional athlete, exceptional ability to make you miss, exceptional acceleration, exceptional instinct with the ball in his hand, and that's rare Mm. for wide receivers. That's A, B, and who else? Name me another one right. who's like that, right? Yeah. Julio's not even like that. This guy is incredible in the open field and a and great ability to separate. And again, short and a little bit slight
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and clearly, clearly not the thrower that the other guys are. He's the accuracy isn't there. Yeah. So, so I would say don't wait to make that change. Don't be like the kid from Ohio State and and right. be twenty nine when you make the change. So, Polyam referencing Terrell Pryor, and that's courtesy of ESPN Radio. Cordell, just to set the record straight, and we'll get confirmation when he arrives at the combine next week. Lamar Jackson listed at 6-3. I don't know in what world that's diminutive or short. To me, that's antiquated logic, and I'm going to say there's some racial overtones there. You went through this when you were making the transition from Colorado to the pros. What do you make of Bill Polian's observation?
1: Well, he's just a traditionalist. He hadn't let the old way of thinking about that position go. Because you can't tell me for one second that the kids we have that are the top four quarterbacks in this draft conversation-wise, Lamar Jackson cannot go in. Because he mentioned a word that I think is, 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 is telling, I think, the tall tale of what this young man is, and it's, it's exceptional. You tell me he. You tell me his opportunity getting on the football field, it won't surpass someone like a Sam Darnold. You tell me that if they had a, a Josh Allen or a Josh Rosen, and let's just go to the diminutive and the guy that I like coming to this draft and Baker Mayfield. You're telling me that this young man and Lamar Jackson can't compete with that talent if given an opportunity under the right tutelage to be better. Because I did. We did watch Jared Goff last year, uh, with that coaching staff. Uh, with Jeff Fisher, look as if he did not belong in the National Football League. And he came out of Cal, running a no-huddle-style offense, calling everything at the line of scrimmage. This kid goes under center, he comes out of huddle. He does whatever in Lamar Jackson. And all of a sudden, we end up seeing Jared Goff end up grabbing someone like a Sean McVay, and it turned around just like that. Overnight, literally. To the point where we wasn't sure what was going to happen. And so when you start looking at these four quarterbacks, same thing I had to deal with coming out of 95. Yeah, Todd Collins and Kerry Collins going ahead. My first year as a, as a, as a player on this team, I, I played the role as Slash, but I asked Coach Kyler to give me an opportunity to be the quarterback on this football team. Went to the Pro Bowl twice, similar to as a uh, Andrew Luck, who went who went once, got $87 million guaranteed contract. We go to the AFC Championship game twice, and me as the quarterback, MVP on the team once, and went to the Pro Bowl once. I'm just going off of just things that were accomplished. So I think when you start hearing people like the Bill and come out with, with the lazy narrative is what I would call it. I don't care if he, if he is a Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter. It doesn't determine where I go. But the lazy analysis of a player, because it looks as if that sticks out more than anything else. Well, compare him against the other kids. This guy won the Heisman Trophy a couple years ago. Baker Mayfield, he just won the Heisman Trophy last year. He's touted to go to the Denver Broncos as the number six pick. But yet, we want to say this kid needs to go to the wide receiver position. So what? So he can be isolated? So they can double cover him and he doesn't turn out to be much? Braxton Miller, look what he's turned out to end up. He had no choice. He ended up losing his job. To the Cardell Jones kid. And so, I think when you start looking at this, you know, you start creating these narratives of, of what you think of these players. To me, that's lazy analysis. And he knows better than that. The game has changed. It's not like he used to be back in the day. And maybe, maybe he still may, he still may be in that box of thinking about a Peyton Manning. There will be not another Peyton Manning come through the national. Yeah, he's got to let that go. He's got to let it go. Let it go, Bill. Let it go. I'm saying it to you directly. Bill, let it go. But yet you have a young man that has talent. What did they say about Deshaun Watson last year? They didn't know where he was going to go. Some said first round. Some probably said not even in the first round because of too many turnovers. He's just a college quarterback. And what has he done when he came into the National Football League, getting his first start against the Cincinnati Bengals? He took it over. 19 touchdowns in seven games. You know who was the guy who had 18 that he surpassed? The guy that just got into the Hall of Fame? Kurt Warner. And so when you start becoming, becoming now, he's, obje- he's, I mean, hey, he, he come up with his own opinion and what he thinks. He's dead wrong. I don't agree with it, not even a little bit. And, I, and I, I take issues with it because I've been there before, and I get it. He just needs to get on a football team where they're willing to work with his talent just like any other quarterback in the game's talent or the few that are coming in. We just had a conversation about Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. Looking at his numbers. How in the heck could he be the first quarterback or first player taken in
2: a draft? Especially if we're talking about accuracy and precision. There it is. So why is it that? Because
1: this kid is blessed with so much talent and so gifted, he needs to go to wide receiver. Have we ever talked about Josh Allen going to wide receiver? Oh, he's not as talented. Oh, so the quarterback position has to be limited. It's not like that anymore, Bill Polian. It's not like that anymore. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Andrew Luck, young Ben Roethlisberger. Notice I haven't mentioned any minorities. I gave you one of those. So the game has changed. And when you take a player like a Lamar Miller and you just throw him at the wide receiver position, come on, man. No, he doesn't have to wait till he's 29 like a Terrell Pryor. He doesn't because he shouldn't go over there. I wouldn't. I would go ahead and work on whatever it is I need to work on, just like every other quarterback that's coming out in this draft, they need to work on it. I wouldn't put any more emphasis on anything other than just his footwork because most guys in the National Football League, when it comes to throwing the football, the reason why they anticipate throws is not because they have a strong arm. It's because their footwork is proper and they know where they want to go. And if the feet are proper, everything else will follow. So if you have your legs under you, you're, you're you're in the athletic position. Your feet aren't clapping together when you when you get to the latter part of your drops, but yet you're in the ready position with your legs shoulder width apart or maybe a little bit more. And all it is is just being able to push off that back leg and make the throw, but yet have your body open to the area in which you're trying to throw it to. That determines a lot. You think Michael Vick was as accurate as they all as they all claim that this kid Lamar Miller needs to, Lamar Jackson needs to be? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. And so when you hear this stuff, it becomes very lazy, in my opinion, on how some love to analyze this so-called this quarterback position nowadays. When if I look at this kid, Josh Allen, there's nothing accurate about him at all other than, quote-unquote, he's compared to Ben Roethlisberger. So because of that comparison, and Ben has gone to three Super Bowls, oh, he's the next kid that's on the block that should be the one that's taken probably number one overall. But when you see a kid that comes out of college that has a tremendous amount of athletic ability, African-Americans in particular, they want to thrust them over to the wide receiver position. Bill Polling is dead wrong in this analysis about this kid. He hasn't watched him enough. He hasn't gotten with him one-on-one and figured out anything. All I know is the kid is electrifying when he steps on the football field. Tell me about Josh Allen. You see anything that, that, that sent any electric volts coming from his body at all when it comes to what he does on the football field? Other than the conversation that we love to have. Oh, he has potential. Well, Lamar Jackson, I mean, we watch the Nintendo style of football that Russell Wilson gets, how he gets it done. It doesn't matter with Pete Carroll how he gets it done. Just get it done, baby. Just get it done. There's no one way. And, of course, he's entitled to his own opinion. He has a yellow jacket. He wears the nice, beautiful, you know, kiss. You know, the the, the kiss begins with K, with Kate Jewelers. He has a nice ring on his finger. Dead wrong. Even Hall of Famers are wrong. And for me, I would not waste my time if I came into this game playing a quarterback position because that's what they love to do. They like to strike fear in you. They like to start it. That's what happened with me. I was supposed to go to Canada. End up, going to the, end up going to the combine, put up some good numbers, phenomenal numbers. Steve McNair ended up being the first quarterback taking that year, number one in the draft to the Houston Oilers. Kerry Collins, then Todd Collins, and then myself. Then end up going to our bowl game. Not our bowl game with the with the with with our um with our team per se, playing the Fiesta Bowl, but the the, the senior bowl. Did well there. Everything Lee Steinberg asked me to do, I did. Went to the second, went in the second round. To the Pittsburgh Steelers, as Mel, Mel Kuyper actually ended up mentioning, um, I would go and end up going as the 60th pick overall. I don't think the young kid needs to go to play wide receiver. I think eventually, at some point in time, that becomes diminished because now, you know, you have receivers that come in the game and dime a dozen. And to maintain that position, you just need to find someone that trusts his skill set, just like they're doing with Josh Allen, when it comes to accuracy and, and being able to put balls in the end zone, he's none of that. Sam Darnold, he's just a sophomore. We've seen him turn the football, football over a lot, but because maybe he went to USC, maybe that's a different thats a different ball of wax. But this kid going out to ACC school out in Louisville, he just shined every single year he touched the football. But I wouldn't dock this kid and say he needs to go play wide receiver because he is exceptional. With his skill set. Michael Vick was exceptional in the national football. He was, he was good at Virginia Tech. But he was a, he was a Michael, v, Michael Vick experience here with the Atlanta Falcons. Somebody else out there may need that talent. Hey, take him to Cleveland. Let him go to Cleveland. Cleveland, move up in the draft and grab him. You have LeBron James and Lamar Jackson. See how that works. Well,
2: out. LeBron's leaving, but this. Well, is he may
1: be leaving. A show. Show. That's another conversation.
2: That's an extensive conversation. Does Bill right Pauline know so what year it is, Cordell? It's 2018.
1: He, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. I'll he's use just, that he's just riffing it. He's just riffing antiquated
2: it. Antiquated. Antiquated view.
1: He's just riffing it. And, and, and you know what? He's entitled to his own opinion. But I think the majority probably will disagree and say, you know what? We watched Marcus Mariota play, play last year, didn't we? How did that look for Marcus Mariota? I think some even coming into this past season wondered when it comes to throwing the football, are they going to get the football down the football field? Let's give him the Alex Smith treatment. Let's dink and dunk it. Let's dink and dunk it. All right, let's, let's get a kid a chance. Let's dink and dunk it. You know, let's just drop it down here, drop it down there. And, you know, he's not throwing the ball down the field, but he still gets 70 million bucks guaranteed. Oh, but it's Alex Smith because he was drafted early in the draft. I'm just saying. I like consistency when it comes to viewing these these athletes and these players and give them their just due because of what they've done and what they can do in the National Football League. It's too far left for Bill Polian to say that this kid can equate to and, and amount to being a, a really good quarterback in the game. But he can justify it with a Josh Allen maybe. Josh Rosen, for the sake of conversation, went to UCLA, passing camp,
2: passing school. And what's school. the difference? What's the unspoken factor? The unspoken factor is they're just
1: quarterbacks only. They can't do nothing else
2: well. No, I'm going to bring up race. How often well, do we talk about, well. and I'm the middle-aged white guy, if you can't figure that out by my delivery, I'm the middle-aged white guy in the show. How often do we talk about Caucasian quarterbacks, Cordell, being that asked has ability. to yeah. move to the receiver position?
1: 110%. I mean, I could give you a few of them right now. I mean... You don't think Aaron Rodgers would be pretty nice at the slot position? He's got good feet, doesn't he? But He's a quarterback. You know what they'll come back and say, oh, he's accurate. But I can tell you this also. The time in which he won the championship, that was because of the leftover of what Brett Favre have. Ever since then, he's lost at home. He's lost on the road in the playoffs. But we're considering him as the elite and one of the best to ever play the game. And I like Aaron Rodgers. And he is very good. But there is no comparison when it comes to when it comes to greatness when they compare him to Tom Brady, that's what they choose to do. The narrative is what they choose to do. And yeah, there may be a, a racial, you know, they, this is what I'll say, you know, because racism and in a prejudice is two different words. Prejudice to me means that I just don't like that. Not so much you because I just don't like that. I don't like that food. You know, I don't, I don't like eating pork. You know, I, I, I can't eat Chinese food or, or I just can't eat, you know, Roma noodles. You know, whatever that is. You just don't like it. I, don't, I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go far to say he's a racist or he's just racist in the sense of his because that's a very strong word. I would love to use the word he's prejudiced in his approach and how he feels about the quarterback position because of what he had with Peyton Manning. And he's never, ever going to let that down because that's what got him this gold jacket. So to allow this, allow this, this, this gentleman who's been a traditionalist and how he looks at that position – to get outside of his comfort zone something that he's been accustomed to seeing throughout his entire career as a GM there with that organization in Indy, Indy, excuse me, to have him think about this young kid, Lamar Miller, Lamar Jack, keep saying Lamar Miller, Lamar Jackson coming out of Louisville to be the, 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 the prototypical quarterback coming out of his draft is going against the grain. In his mind, from a prejudice standpoint of what he believes in and what he doesn't like to play that position because many pundits have been prejudiced when it comes to mobile quarterbacks, African-Americans that are so mobile to where it took, it it took, you know, the, the will of these players to buy into what they believe in. Some's been docked others. They worked on their craft and got better and got lucky to be with certain organizations. I had to take a different route and I enjoyed it. That was my choice. I had a great time doing it. I wouldn't change it for nothing in the world. Because you become typecast, and before you know it, they minimize, you know, they marginalize and minimize your ability when you get to the National Football League. Because traditionally, if you're a guard, you're a guard. If you're a tackle, you're a tackle. If you're a tight end, you're just a tight end. If you're a tailback, you're just a tailback. If you're a corner, you're just a corner. Sometimes there's some exceptions to the rule, go from corner to safety, because they want to keep you around for a little bit longer. Because they like, you. But that prejudice of that position, when it comes down to what determines what a quarterback is and what's an athlete. All the players in the National Football League are athletes. They all are, kickers included. They have to make a tackle tool. Come on, kickers, you're in the game. I put you in. I'm sorry. Because I was one, I got special teams player of the week one week when I was at Baltimore. So one time for the special team players, especially the kickers and punters. But when it comes down to that position, there's a tremendous amount of prejudice in how they approach looking at this position and saying, how can this kid evolve into being a long-term quarterback in the National Football League? And Bill Polia looks at a Lamar, Lamar Jackson and say, it's minimal. It's not that big. It's not that big. Never sat down and talked to the kid, never shook his hand, never got his, his football IQ for his X's and O's on the board. Just automatically assume. Athlete. wide receiver. Don't wait like Terrell Pryor did. Well, this kid and Lamar Jackson – was a much better quarterback on the collegiate level than we actually had an opportunity to see when it came to Ontario Pryor playing at Ohio State. You saw Cordell Jones end up taking over, right? I'm just saying. So get away from all the prejudice of how you judge a quarterback and who's good and who's not. Because you can't tell me Josh Allen or even Josh Rosen, for that matter, is going to come in the National Football League and play great. It's just not going to happen. The abilities of these players at this position matters nowadays. And if you can't move, you're in trouble. Because I know one thing, as much as I like Baker Mayfield, he is not at all a Lamar Jackson.
2: No, he's not nearly the athlete.
1: But yet, he has a chance to be looked at at a team like the Denver Broncos to give him a chance to go, what, fifth or sixth pick overall. I'm just saying. So while yeah, Bill Polin, yeah, you got your yellow jacket, yeah, you have your ring, and I respect you with what you've done and what you've accomplished and, of course, you're in, you're in the matrix of what Peyton Manning did, and I think we all were and still are. I know he is because this game has changed today. It's not like he used to be back in, 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 in whatever it was, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and even parts of the 90s. Now it's 2018. And I think it's time now to, to allow the narrative to be, if you want to play the position, you have to come in and you go through the process. And the process is you go to the combine, you put in the work. Along with the things you've done in college, you get your individual workouts, you get on the board, check out his IQ in the sense of understanding what it means to be a QB in the National Football League. Look at his footwork. See where he can be polished and try to turn it into something that can be, as he said, as exceptional as his ability is in wanting him to go play wide receiver
2: at the quarterback position. Question is, and there's no way of knowing right now, How many teams do you think potentially share the view of Bill Polian? To me, this is Bill Polian trying to be creative as an analyst and going against the grain. I would be surprised if the majority of teams saw Lamar Jackson as anything but a quarterback.
1: This is what I will say. After watching Michael Vick, RG3, and I'm talking about the extreme mobile quarterbacks, when watching players like an Andy Dalton, that we know he's efficient. He throws a football well, but he hadn't done much for the most part. We're using word like "exception." I'm gonna take his words from me. Exceptional, exceptional. That 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 is a very very good word. That that's a strong word to indicate what you think a person is from the from an athletic ability standpoint within this game of football. And when I think of that term, I truly think that he's ahead above the rest. He's he's. He's a step or two better than the rest. Now, if he goes out and he's up the joint throwing the football, so be it. But when I think of these owners or these GMs and scouts, remember, you only need just one. There may be other organizations that look at him and say, you know, he's too much of an athlete to bring on our team to be the quarterback because that's not the offense we have. Because you've got to remember, he has to fit what you do first. Let's just put that in perspective. I think the other portion of it, well, he's, you know, he's a heavy runner. He's less of a thrower, but, you know, I mean, I've seen him make some accurate throws, and I've seen him throw some inaccurate balls. I mean, have we seen, you know, Tom Brady throw an inaccurate ball? I mean, I mean, that's a tough comparison, but even the great ones make mistakes. So how do we get this young man to be into that category where we can get him out on the football field to where he could be efficient? There may be three teams in the National Football League that likes, matter of fact, that love a Lamar, Lamar Jackson. There may be three teams. I know I had one because I know the Indianapolis Colts, and guess who was there with the Indianapolis Colts when I came out in 95? Guess who was, the G- guess who was in the front office? Mm. Bill Polian.
2: Yeah, you've been a heck of a wide receiver, Cordell.
1: And guess what they told me to do?
2: Guess what <laughs> they asked me?
1: <laughs> try me out at running back. Running back. Well, you are fast. Yeah, I'm just saying. They mm. said, try me out at running back. Told him no. Guess what the Chicago Bears did? Said the same thing. So the Chicago Bears scout and also Bill Polian and his crew said, "Let's try him out at running back." And it's ironic that, it, that I'm having a, I'm, I'm having an epiphany. I'm just coming to, back to me a little bit, but he was there at that time, and they wanted to try me out at running back. So this is just who Bill Polian is. Didn't he say something about Warren Moon? If when I, I thought I heard something, and I'm not going to misspeak on it, but I thought there was some conversation about Warren Moon needs to go play safety. And they had to sit up in and get him run up out of the country to go to Canada. And then he came back and ended up being a Hall of Famer. But that route wasn't necessary because he was capable of playing on this level, the National Football League level. So, again, they just need a couple teams, one team, you know, and, and, and give, the, give the young man an opportunity. But when you hear it all of, out of nowhere, as if it, that conversation wasn't going to travel, like he was trying to get the guy he was listening to, listening to him to follow, follow through, right? Everything he said. You know, he moved around. He's exceptional, right? Like the guy was supposed to come back and say, yeah, uh-huh. He didn't. <laughs> when listening to that soundbite. But come on, man. That same organization in Colts asked me to try out that running back. So there it is. So it's not a shock at the end of the day, now that I think about it as I talk. That Indianapolis with Bill Polian being there at the time, saying try him out at running back, and I told him, heck no! I got drafted a second pick or second round, fourth quarterback taken overall, in a 1995 draft to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Had a good run at wide receiver too, by the way. Matter of fact, for those who who didn't know, I was MVP on my team and second on the second or third MVP ballot the year in 2001, and went to the Pro Bowl, AFC Championship game two times. How many quarterbacks that they have high potential? on and with, ever make it, after drafting him extremely early, make it to one playoff game. There's a lot of them that haven't. So I was the kid that was supposed to be in the Indianapolis Colts and Bill Polian's mind to go and play running back. End up going to the playoffs twice, AFC championship games, and was a pro bowler at the quarterback position. Not at running back neither, by the way. But play wide receiver was pretty damn good. Had a good time, by the way. I just want to tell you, Brian, I ran around like I was a kid in the, in the playground, man. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't shackled down in the sense of how I could play. I just played. I just allowed my talents to to flourish. But if I was Lamar Jackson, I would not even think twice about doing it. Live your dreams, buddy. Trust me, his talent is so good that if he goes and works out as a quarterback and gets gets himself sharp with throwing the football, I guarantee you he'll go no less than second round. And I could take that at the quarterback position. I could take that from a Lamar Jackson at the QB position and back up someone that's already starting. I could take that all day long. But to move him down to a third round or, or, or fourth round as a quarterback, what we've seen him do? Come on, man. Now, now you're going too far. So I, I think worst-case scenario at the quarterback position, he goes no less, he goes no worse than second portion, uh, second portion of the second round. Best-case scenario, maybe latter part of the first round, maybe mid midway. It can vary. For, it varies for him, because his talent is so exceptional. As as Bill Polian mentioned, he can vary. He can go anywhere. And I would love for him to challenge it. I would love for him to challenge it and prove a point. I would love for that to happen and prove that players like who they choose. And this is not a this is not a hit at the other quarterbacks that we're talking about. It has nothing to do with it. But the prejudice at that position and how they view it, and Bill Polian is one of them, how they view it, it's not good. It's classless because now you're taking a talent because of what you think should be another, he should be playing another position. You know, it, it's going to have to move to playing a, the wide receiver position, but these some of these quarterbacks we have in the top five spots now are extremely questionable. Six three, he's kind of short. That lets you know he's not doing his homework. 6'3 is a nice size because Drew Brees is short. He's 6 feet tall.
0: Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. TuneIn, your everything audio app.